Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. I'm Josh, unfortunately not joined by my co-host Alex in today's episode. I think it's been a week since the last time I came to you, or we came to you, I think Alex was on the last episode, talking about the New York Giants, talking about the moves that they could make, some some moves that they uh, should make, as we talked about five Giants players that could and should be cut. I got a little update to that in this episode. Funny enough, if you've uh, you know not seen the recent Giants news, I'll get you that in a little bit. And then we also talked about the offensive tackles, or Alex did the best offensive tackles in this year's draft. Well, we're coming to you, in, or I'm coming to you in combine time right now. As I'm recording this Thursday evening, the NFL Combine is currently happening. Now, obviously, I'm here, so uh, I, I have all recorded. I'm going to be watching it throughout the few days. We're hoping to get some content on the Giant Take. YouTube channel, as well as have a podcast for you either at the end of the combine on Monday or sometime around then, or even during the combine as it continues to go on. So yeah, I mean, let's start there. I have a list of the top guys at each position or the guys that I'm looking forward to at the positions that are going today, or I guess that happened yesterday, if you're listening to this on Friday or that happened in the past, whatever, uh, but you know, went today or, or going right now, uh, as I'm again recording this Thursday evening. So I have a lot to discuss and lucky me, I got an interview, uh, to help me out. So I'm not completely solo today. I'm going to, I have my intro. I'm going to go through my points. I'm going to go through a bunch of stuff for the New York Giants. We got news here. We got news in the early March, uh, window of things. I got news about the New York Giants. And then I'm going to be bringing in a special guest, Doug Rush. He's a writer, uh, on the New York Giants and you know, I'm going to talk to him and, you know, get his input and, and his and his take on many things here on the giant take, like what I did there. And it's, it's going to be fun, uh, you know, so I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are as well. Let's get right into things. All right. It's been a couple minutes. Let's do it. Starting off, I said I was going to update those guys who should be cut. First name, Kyle Rudolph, the Giants basically spokesperson for the team this season when he, you know, they, they had to do anything when it came to to media. I think he went on NFL Network maybe a couple times. I know he definitely went on WFAN weekly, if not semi-weekly. So there was that. And he goes down as the first player the New York Giants cut, right? I think in this offseason. He posted on social media, thanking the organization and the fans for their support. And this move, okay, so he was supposed to make $7.4 million against the cap this upcoming season here in 2022, but instead by the Giants cutting Rudolph, uh, they're going to save $5 million uh, by cutting the tight end. We also, our second cut here, okay, to complete two out of two, Devontae Booker has been cut, the New York Giants backup running back behind uh, Saquon Barkley. Booker, he averaged 4.1 yards per carry this past season. Him and Saquon Barkley were very similar in the amount of carries they got per game. Although I feel like the Giants did hand it off more to Saquon Barkley than they did Booker. Uh, They're going to save the Giants. We'll save an additional $2 million by cutting Devontae Booker. So that leads some questions here. Will the next Giant that's getting cut be Sterling Shepard? The next Giants player, could it be him? Well, according to Ryan Dunleavy, 
uh, a another New York Giants writer. I believe he writes for the Daily News, although I'm not 100% sure. Uh, a, a Giants writer, Brian Dunleavy, said that the Giants actually offered Shepard, I believe, to take a pay cut. Um, so that's news there. Will he do so? You know, I don't know for sure, and we won't know until it happens, but I just want to make sure. Uh, so for the New York Post, Ryan Dunleavy is an NFL and Giants reporter uh, for the New York Post. And then also, um, you know, some teams, he also reported, Dunleavy reported that some teams are already getting ready to try and go after tight end free agent Evan Ingram, which is a big deal because that comes to the next thing that I want to talk about, and that is... Both the running back and tight end position is a big question for the New York Giants heading into free agency and the NFL draft. So I want to start with tight end um, because I was just talking about that. So the starting tight end for the New York Giants, Evan Ingram, he's going to become a free agent. I don't assume the Giants sign him. So that leads you, oh, it would be Kyle Rudolph, the second guy in line. No, he just got cut. So the next guy on the list I would leave, I think Chris Myrak, right? Uh, He's a tight end. He just signed for a future contract. I can't imagine though he becomes a starting tight end. That would leave you Caden Smith. And do you want only Caden Smith on your team? I don't think so. So in this stacked tight end class, do you draft a guy in later rounds, fourth, fifth, sixth, even seventh round of this NFL draft? We'll have to wait and see. That's something to definitely keep your eye on though. I don't expect them to, to sign a free agent tight end. There's no reason to do so. There's no reason for Shane to throw out money like that. Instead, spend less money, get a guy with more potential, right? Because he's coming out of the draft. He's younger probably than any free agent tight end he could sign. And that might be good. They might even sign an undrafted tight end. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. And then running back, right? You had Devontae Booker. He got cut. He's the backup. Saquon Barkley, according to Jordan Schultz, an NFL reporter, he is saying that teams are interested and one team specifically, didn't mention the team name, obviously, got to keep it confidential, right? But a team called the Giants and was asking for a trade regarding Saquon Barkley with Saquon Barkley in the deal. And apparently it was a good deal uh, I, I assume on both sides. So that's something to think about. We have no Dante Booker. The Giants going to trade uh, Saquon Barkley. Right now, the running backs on the roster or on the depth chart, however you want to say it, it's going to be Saquon Barkley, Gary Brightwell, and oh, what, what's his name? I just had it in my head. I literally just had it in my head. Um, the new Giants player that they sign from Buffalo to a future contract. I'm getting the name of right now, Antonio Williams, uh, the former Buffalo Bill. So it's Saquon Barkley, Gary Brightbelt, and Antonio Williams. Those guys aren't going to win you a championship anytime soon. I think Joe Shane addressed that this is basically, you know, he didn't directly say, I think it's going to be a rebuild, but this team definitely needs one. Not saying we're getting a new quarterback because that is not happening, but it's definitely the case that, the offensive line needs to change. The defense needs to change. We, we know this already, but um, that, that's a big question. So two big positions, running back, tight ends. Look at what's going to happen in free agency. Look at what's going to happen in the draft. I don't know, but teams are definitely interested in Saquon, which they should be. He's a very good running back when he's on, you know, on top of things and not having injuries tear him down. We haven't seen that for a good amount of years. Next thing on my list, Brian Dable and Joe Shane, both in Indianapolis for the NFL scouting combine. Also, Brandon Brown, the next or the new New York Giants assistant general manager is there too. He had a press conference, but Shane and Dable, some stuff that stood out to me from their time speaking with the media. Shane says nothing is off the table regarding cuts 
and maybe uh, trading Saquon Barkley. Dable talked about positivity in his new coaching staff, especially uh, defense, new defensive coordinator Wink Martindale. These are the new guys here. Offensive coordinator Mike Kafka and director of coaching operations Laura Young. Shane on Daniel Jones said, quote, he's our QB right now. And then he also said, when it comes to the fifth-year option on Daniel Jones, which is a big deal, I think I mentioned that Jordan Ronan reported earlier in the week. I have a video up on the Giant Take YouTube channel if you want to check that out on the fifth-year option with Daniel Jones. Jordan Ronan reported earlier in the week that Jones, reportedly from what he's hearing, the Giants are not going to bring him on the fifth-year option. They're not going to sign him. It's a lot of money. It's over $20 million. It seems like it's going to be a prove it year for Daniel Jones. This is it or you're out. And if we, you know, if you really perform in the 2022 season, that's good. Then we're going to have to figure out and sign you to a deal. I think that's the right option. I don't think the Giants should uh, sign him to the fifth year option. And they got some time to think about it. They got until May. They have a lot of other things to do before then. But anyway, Shane talking about, you know, addressing the question about the fifth year option. He said, quote, we're still trying to work through both options. We just got to get around him. That's a $22 million decision. So we're going to take our time. Again, uh, the thoughts or the quote from New York Giants GM, Joe Shane. Shane talked about moving places during the draft. He said, we're open to moving back, open to moving uh, up, staying as well. You don't want to rule out any trades that you can make with other teams if it works for you. Like the Giants did last season under Dave Gettleman, Joe Judge doing the Bears move, getting Kadarius Tony at 20 and getting uh, a draft pick for this year's NFL draft. And that's why we got five and seven. So here, so NFL combine day one, why receive QBs, wide receivers, tight ends. Now, again, I don't know the standout guys because I'm literally recording while they are doing the drills, but I did, you know, tell, I'm telling you going to, I'm telling you my top quarterbacks, uh, wide receivers, like end tight ends from this day. And I don't know what we're going to do. We might do a piece of content saying like who stood out from this day of whatever uh, that could be in the future. So again, uh, stay tuned to your social medias. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're all on there. We'll give you updates on there. But going into the QBs, I would definitely say look out for Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Carson Strong. Those guys could very well stand out. Wide receivers, Chris Olave from Ohio State, Drake London, USC, Garrett Wilson. I believe that's also Ohio State. And then Jamison Williams from Alabama. And then you move on to tight ends. Jalen Widermeyer, I think he's from Texas a I don't know for sure, though. Trey McBride and then Jeremy Ruckert. Uh, those are the guys I have written down. So those are the guys you should keep your eye on. Top guys heading into this NFL draft. Players not working out at the Combine. To note, Kenny uh, Pickett, the top quarterback out of Pitt. I don't know if this is a rumor or not. Obviously, you probably know by now. I think I saw something that he won't throw. I can't imagine that's the case. I can't. I feel like he's got to throw. I feel like he's got to show these scouts and you know team uh, coaching staff officials, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he's got to show them what he can do. Tyler Linderbaum is not working out. One of the top guys on defense heading into this draft. Someone to note on Matt Corral. He's still recovering from an injury. I think it was from the, oh, I, don't, I don't remember specifically, but I know he's recovering from an injury that happened earlier, um, maybe during the season. So he he isn't participating and he's going to, I believe, wait till his pro day, I assume, to show off his stuff. And then Malik Willis, I, I, another thing I read here, he's going to throw, but he won't run. Uh, obviously, risk of injury there. He's not getting tackled or anything, but 
I, I can see why, you know, he, he would be doing that. And then I have the five players that Alex and I said, you know, to cut for the Giants. I'm going to keep this here and see if all of them get completed. We have Kyle Rudolph, Sterling Shepard, Riley Dixon, Devontae Booker, and Caden Smith. So Kyle Rudolph and Devontae Booker was complete. So that's that's been good so far. And um, we'll, we'll see if more uh, happens from there. Again, remember Sterling Shepard, the longest tenured giant to this point. Will he take a huge pay cut? We'll have to see. Could the Giants cut him? We'll have to see. Sorry, just a few things before we go to the interview. Just real quick, just real quick. Uh, I have to get some plugs in there. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. I know we're on there and a bunch of other places. You can also rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. I really appreciate that review on Apple Podcasts as well. Positivity, great. You can follow us on, uh, I think I mentioned a few of them earlier, but Twitter at the Giant Take Pod. Instagram, the giant, Instagram and Facebook, the giant take TikTok, the giant take pod. And we have the YouTube channel. You could subscribe the giant take, uh, on, on there. You could follow me on Twitter at Joshola29. You can go to shippingstudios.com slash a giant take. And then you can find out everywhere to listen. Okay. Now I think I got mostly everything. Uh, again, stay tuned on the YouTube channel and our socials for all the stuff regarding the NFL combine or next pieces of content. Episodes not over yet. Interview coming up. Uh, enjoy. All right, welcome back. I now welcome on a very special guest here to the Giant Take Podcast, writer for the Giants Wire at USA Today and Pro Sports Extra. It's Doug Rush. Doug, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you coming on. And, and, you know, it's a good time to come on because yesterday we got some breaking news. We had Brian Dable uh, and Joe Shan address the media. I don't know if that was a couple of days ago now. You know, the days are kind of flying by in this week. But uh, today... Thursday. Thursday, yes. <laughs> um, you know, um, what was I going to say? The combine is happening right now as we're talking, so that's super fun. QBs, tight ends, wide receivers. I think by the time we're recording here around 6 o'clock on Thursday, just so far it's been the tight ends going. Uh, you know, I think as we go along, though, tonight there'll be more stuff happening. This episode will come out Friday morning, so uh, going to look towards some other guys, right? Is it offensive linemen tomorrow? I believe so. I think today you, you had said it. The quarterbacks, the wide receivers, and the tight ends were today, and I think the linemen are um, the linemen are tomorrow. And running backs, I think as well. And then we got linebackers and stuff happening on Saturday. So looking forward to it. My first question I wanted to ask you um, is just basically, I like to do this with all of our guests just to see how they got into the industry. So how'd you get into like the sports writing? Um, I mean, when I was twelve years old. You know, most were dreaming about being a basketball player and being Michael Jordan. And <laughs> for some reason, I wanted to write and, you know, talk about sports. And I was a mediocre offensive lineman in high school. And I was a backup DH on my baseball team. Um, so I, I kind of knew that, you know, the sports, you know, um, journalism was where I wanted to go. And, uh, you know, I, I went to school for it. Uh, start out you know associates and i went to got my bachelor's and 18 almost 19 years later um i've watched it, it i watched the uh media world evolve um newspapers were a thing now it's more websites and social media that kind of dominate today um 
but uh, yeah, it's I, almost 20 years, and it, I've watched it evolve. But you know, if you want to stay in it, um, you know, me being almost 40 years old, you know, you gotta evolve with the times. And thankfully, I know a thing or two about you know with the technology and everything. And podcasts like these are now a big thing too. So if you don't stay up with the times, you're gonna get pushed along. And you know, I'm willing to adapt to uh, keep my skills sharp. So. Right. And you talk about like the new technologies. I mean, me as a teenager, I'm a junior in high school and I'm here and I have a podcast. I mean, it's easy to do it. You you know, you, you load it in. I decided with my friend Alex one day, I was like, let's start a podcast. Why not? We talk Giants football and, and here we are. So it's super cool. It's super fun. And it's uh, like you said. And good for you. Yeah. Good for you. you too. I mean, I mean, you know, 17, like I was like, in my like so like a junior in high school i was in um uh, 2001 so i mean i was a, i was a sports editor for my newspaper news i mean podcasts weren't really a thing if they were i probably would have done them so i was more the sports writer but i mean in 2022 if you have if you have the motivation if you have the technology and if you have the will uh to do it yeah absolutely and kudos to you for doing this and you know all i can do all i can say is if you really want to do it stay at it you know find your skills and the sky is the limit for you. I mean, if you, there's people out there who started in a little basement or a little studio that probably, um, well, okay. Like I, I worked for Bleacher Report the first year they, before they ever got bought by Turner. And I, I was writing for like a couple hundred people. And then all of a sudden they got bought by Turner. And now all of a sudden my audience grew by millions. So all, you know, just stay at it. And the sky's the limit for you. So kudos to you for being a junior in high school, but forget that you're a junior in high school. You are somebody with a podcast, so just keep at it. That's all. That's my best advice for you. If you love it and you want to do it, just keep at it. Thank you. I really, I really do appreciate it. I do. I, I love the support. Um, and and the right the writing you do, um, really helps me out getting my getting my stuff to to talk about. So I thank you for that. Um, and I want to start out by something you wrote about a few days ago. You talked about Mitchell Trubisky, or you wrote about Mitchell Trubisky. Now let's talk about it. Can he come in here as a backup with the New York Giants behind Daniel Jones? We've heard Dable talk about it. We heard Shane talk about it. That's their QB for at least 2022. We don't know about the fifth year option yet. Shane doesn't want to, you know, talk about that. But what talk about a little bit, you know, can Mitch Trubisky come in here as a backup and maybe step in if Jones gets injured or what have you? That's if he So there's been talk that Mitchell Trubisky could potentially be a starting quarterback. Um, there have been teams rumbling that they might look to Trubisky because Matt Nagy and Trubisky didn't mesh well in Chicago. Um, he spent last year in Buffalo. And everyone, you know, has seen, you know, Joe Shane and Brian Dable taking a lot of the, some of the Buffalo things out of there and bring them to the Giants. And a lot of people thought, well, they could also bring Trubisky in too, which could make sense, especially Daniel Jones hasn't been able to stay healthy once during his career. Um, but the problem is if Trubisky gets starter money and gets a chance to start somewhere else in the NFL, I think he's going to take the opportunity because even if you offer him a chance to compete and especially compete with Daniel Jones, and it's not a guarantee that Daniel Jones could be the starter because, I mean, if you brought in Trubisky with Jones and if Trubisky beats him out, Trubisky beats him out because that's competition. But I think if another team like, let's say, the Commanders or the Broncos or, or the Steelers or somebody else who needs a starting quarterback right now gives him $12 million right now to start for 2022, I think Trubisky would jump at it. But 
if a team doesn't, if they go the trade route or the, the draft route or whatever route, and Trubisky's still sitting out there in free agency and he doesn't get a starting offer from somebody else, and if they give him, I don't know, he took $2.5 million last year from Buffalo. Let's say they offer him $4 million to say, hey, come in and compete. If, he's, if you're the backup, you're the backup. But let's say if Jones' neck gets hurt again or his hamstring gets hurt, and maybe he starts. Then it's not a terrible option because we all saw what happened when Daniel Jones went down with the neck injury last year. The Giants didn't win a single game after that, and we saw horrible, horrible quarterback play from Mike Lennon and from Jake Fromm. Fromm, you understand, because he was literally a young guy who was trying to figure it out. Mike Lennon at least had some NFL experience, but good Lord, he did not look like, a, like a, he ever saw an NFL field before. It shows like you could you really need a competent backup. God forbid if you have a quarterback who's not who has injuries like Daniel Jones has, and especially with a neck injury, you know if he takes another shot, especially you know he's dealt with bad offensive lines. God forbid he takes another shot to the neck or something else and goes down for a significant period. Now you need somebody else to step in. You at least need someone who can you know knows the playbook, takes the snaps, knows what they're doing. That's where somebody like Trubisky, who knows Dable, would make sense. But if he's not available, then you're looking at plan B and C and D and whoever else is available out there. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned a good point of like, who are the Giants going to bring in? Because it seemed like they they undervalued the position of a backup quarterback. They definitely did that. It's funny, though, because you... I can say they undervalued it by signing Mike Lennon. He was one of the first signings of the Giants free agency last season. I know Devontae Booker was the first, like where he ended up. Now he got cut. You have Mike Lennon as either the second, third, fourth, whatever it was, but he was one of the first guys the Giants signed last year in free agency, which is just crazy because now he's not on the team anymore. And it shows that Dave Gettleman just, he really, he did not spend the money in that he had in the right places. And I mean, I mean, you're seeing some of, already being shed. You know, Kyle Rudolph already getting cut, mm. Devontae Booker, Riley Dixon's probably going to be gone soon. They've asked Shirley, Sterling Shepard to take a pay cut, but that's, you know, age and injuries. Um, but, I mean, I, I never agreed with the money they gave to Kenny Galladay because I was more in favor of bringing back Kevin Zietler. But, it just, I, I mean, just the, the, he, Dave Gettleman literally dug the Giants into a hole that Joe Shane and his people are literally trying to get themselves out of. And, they're slowly getting themselves out of it, but I mean, I mean, we don't know if Sterling Shepard will be on the team next year, and who, whoever else, if you have a, a slightly high contract that that can save the Giants some money, there's a good chance you might not be playing for the Giants next year. I agree, and I think that leads to bigger questions at particular positions. Two of the guys being part of those that got cut uh, in the last couple days or, or yesterday. Um, when you have Devontae Booker running back, it's a big question mark. Saquon Barkley, we had Jordan Schultz reporting that, oh, some teams might be interested, might be offering deals for Barkley. Now you don't have Booker, who is your backup. So you're looking at Saquon Barkley, Gary Brightwell, and was it Williams uh, from the Buffalo Bills? Antonio Williams, yeah. Right, so we got him from the Bills. He's a practice squad guy. Brightwell, you know, sort of helped on special teams, never really saw him uh, behind... Uh, you know, Daniel Jones or uh, do any run plays last season. So what's going to happen? That's a big deal. Now Evan Ingram's going to be a, a free agent. Kyle Rudolph, his backup is gone. That leaves you with Caden Smith. Could Caden Smith be cut? You know, who knows what's going to happen uh, for those two potential positions for the New York Giants running back and tight end. A tight end, um, tight end, I think they'll, I, at least I think they'll address in the draft. Yeah, Evan Ingram, 
he was probably the most frustrating player because he had so much talent. You couldn't cover him as a linebacker because he was too fast for linebackers, and running back or defensive backs couldn't cover him because they were too small. Yet there were so many plays where Evan Ingram dropped so many game potentially ceiling catches and touchdowns. Yet he, I remember the first the first game for Daniel Jones, Evan Ingram was a weapon on that in that game where he's literally exploding all over the field against Tampa Bay. Yet, I think the play that unfortunately will define his Giants career is that, that drop catch against the Eagles that would have sealed that win in Philadelphia, and instead the Eagles beat the Giants. That was Evan Ingram's career in a nutshell for the Giants. Was just He was so good, yet he was so frustrating. Um, so, and I was surprised he didn't get traded this past year, given the Giants weren't very good. Evan Ingram was a decent tight end who could have helped teams, and yet, no, and yet he didn't get traded, and I think that's Shame on Dave Gettleman for not at least getting something for him, and I didn't understand it at the time, but we're, we're past that now, and he's a free agent. Um, I, I've done a few mock drafts. I've, there's been a couple of, of tight ends that are good out there. I know there's Trey McBride, uh, Jake Ferguson. Uh, there's, I think, Jalen Windermeyer. You can get a decent tight end, second, third, fourth round, depending on where they fall. Um, it just depends on, I think, where the Giants value a tight end. Um Again, in the mocks that I've seen and I've, I've done myself, usually you're looking at the second, third, and fourth. So I think that's where they might look. So you're looking at like day two or possibly day three, depending on where they like the tight end. Um, and to go back to the running back situation, so right now it's it's basically Saquon Barkley and Antonio Williams, I think, is the two. Um, I've, I've said people, I don't think the Giants will trade Barkley, only because I think the Giants um, – I don't think there's much of a market to trade for Barkley, who's coming off a down year where he had just he had come back from a torn ACL. He had his ankle stepped on in Dallas, and he missed almost a month. And and granted, it's oddly enough, him and Booker had the same exact production, and Barkley played three less games, which was surprising on Booker because Booker, for being as healthy as he was and for looking as explosive as he was, yet. Booker and Barkley literally had 593 yards and two touchdowns apiece. And yet, Barkley was hurt three and missed three games um, as opposed to Booker playing 16. So, really, it's kind of shame on Booker for not producing more yards, being it that he played more. Um, I think the Giants, I don't think they'll get a trade offer because I think teams would rather either look to free agency and maybe get somebody cheaper or just instead of sending a team um, a fourth-round pick, just just give, you know, just draft your own and not have to worry about that. At least that's, you know, that's my logic from another team. You don't have to give up any of your uh, draft picks to go get a running back that may or may not be healthy where you can just go get somebody with fresh legs. Um, I mean, it, I don't know if it's looking at the Giants are stuck with Barkley, but at the same time, you know, we've seen Saquon Barkley when he's healthy. He's a thousand yard back who can get 400 to 700 yards receiving. Um, the things that, that impressed me was the game against the bears where, you know, there's nothing to play for. He still got over a hundred yards rushing where he didn't dance around. He just literally pushed his legs forward. And, and I think that's what kind of Brian's able and his offense needs to do eliminate the dancing behind the line, run straight forward. You have these enormous legs. You have enormous strength. Use that to your strength. Use that on the field um, until otherwise. I, I think Saquon Barkley is going to be the starting running back 
Um, now, and people are saying, well, you should trade him once you trade him. Well, they might not be able to trade him because there might not be a market to trade him unless, you know, he's doing well at the trade deadline. And if the Giants are or not doing well, well, then that's a decision you make come October or November. But even then, people are like, well, he's not going to be back. Well, that's not a guarantee. Well, let's say he has a 1,200-yard season, and let's say you know the Giants have 90-plus million uh, coming up, you know, in salary cap space next year. They they have a decision to make, and if they don't, I, I think I think from what I've understood, they get um, uh, a third-round pick or something like they got with Landon Collins when he walked away. But for right now. Until he is not the running back, and unless he's traded somewhere else, I mean, it looks like Saquon Barkley will be this team's running back in 2022. And you mentioned running backs in the draft. Instead of trading a, uh, you know, Saquon Barkley giving up a first round pick, there are very good running backs that are going to fall into the second round. You know, there's guys like Brees Hall, like Isaiah Spiller, like, uh, Kenneth Walker from Michigan. State. I know like he's probably the top guy there. He could be late first round, maybe, but there are definitely guys that are very top tier running backs in this NFL draft that are going to fall into the second round because the teams aren't falling into the trap, not saying the Giants did, but of valuing a, run- a running back very high because the Giants did, did uh, pick him too. We, we know this, like this isn't, you know, so the the depth at that position, I think, are known now by NFL teams and Saquon Barkley's an example of that, that not always picking a running back first round is the best option. Although, you know, from what we saw Saquon Barkley's rookie and second year, it was it was it was worth it, right? Somewhat. So there's that. I want to talk a, lot, a little bit more about players to potentially trade for the New York Giants. You have Blake Martinez, you have James Bradbury getting signed in the same offseason their contracts are structured to where they could be cut and the Giants would save some money this offseason. But I feel like it's more reasonable or like it's it makes more sense for them to be traded this offseason instead of getting cut. That's just my opinion. If they were, if the Giants were going to make a move involving those players, I think they would more likely trade them than cut them. But let me know what you think. Um. Yeah, I, it could be either or. I mean, mm-hmm. they could, I think... I, I, my gut says they trade Bradbury because he's still got the value. He's still a very good cornerback. Um, I mean, you could release him and get money back. Um, but, I mean, we have a mo- little over a month before the draft and to get draft capital back and get draft picks. And if you can get, I mean, they're talking about a possible third or fourth rounder for Bradbury. I mean, you could turn around and get another corner in the draft and potentially second, third, fourth round for uh, six or seven and a half million dollars less than what you have to pay, uh, pay Bradbury. Um, I, I, I don't see Bradbury coming back because of his, of the, the contract, the players in the draft, and just the fact that they can save money if he's not here. Granted, you're talking about getting rid of one of your best corners who has for the most part, been a productive player for the Giants, but this is unfortunately the salary cap hell that Dave Gettleman dug for the New York Giants. So as much as you want to keep some of your best players, unfortunately you have to put 53 guys out on the field and pay them all. And as we saw by week 18, the Giants couldn't even pay 53 players to be on the field because they were in such salary cap restrictions and strains. 
And that's the thing that they're trying to get themselves out of. And unfortunately, you have to pick some of the players who, as much as you want to keep everybody, you can't. Um, and Bradbury was healthy. Whereas Blake Martinez, you can make a case where he got hurt early. He had to have the surgery. Um, at the same time, he, he you know he was hanging around the, the team facilities when the when the coach and the GM were getting introduced, which tells me that he still wants to be a part of the team. I would go to him and and to see if he's willing to either a take a restructure his contract or b take a pay cut. See how much, even if you have to convert salary into bonus money, whatever you have to finagle to make it work. You know, if you want to be a giant, okay, this is what you have to do. If not, then you know. You, I don't know if, if Martinez has trade value only because he got hurt last year, and trying to trade a guy off an ACL it would be very difficult to do. So if they couldn't trade him, the, the likely if he didn't take a pay cut to stay would be he would probably get released. Um, but when you know Blake Martinez was on the field, he was clearly the Giants' you know best defender who was a tackling machine all over the place, and that defense. When he when he went missing, they suffered badly. I mean, when he was on the field playing, he was by far their best tackler, their best player. He was the leader, and they suffered greatly when he went down with that injury for the rest of the year. So, I would I would ask Bradbury if he's willing to take a pay cut. If not, you know there there are other linebackers out there in the draft. I mean, this is the type of draft where. Quarterback isn't really the best and the biggest, and and the you know this isn't a Joe Burrow and Tua and Herbert year. This is kind of you can stock up on linemen, both sides. You can stock up on linebackers. You can stock up on corners. Um, so while losing Blake Martinez would hurt, he's also a year older, a year off of an ACL injury. You could also get somebody younger for a lot less and potentially you know get the same kind of production. I want to move now to at least what Giants fans hope will be the new future of the team, and that is the the new the staff that that Joe Shane has brought in. So, I want to know your thoughts on like the G- new GM Joe Shane, assistant GM, you know Brandon Brown. We have the new DC Wink Martindale, new offensive coordinator Mike Kafka. It's all new, you know how all new, <laughs> right? It, what what it, do you think of these moves? Oh, it's it's, it's wonderful. Um, it's a clean slate. <laughs> Now I want. Now let's go back to when they fired Pat Shermer and when they were looking for coaches. They got burned on Matt Rule. He ended up going to Carolina, and that was their first choice. Then they tried to get Ron Rivera. He basically canceled the interview and went to Washington. They tried to get Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy canceled the second interview to go to the Cowboys. So basically, the Giants were kind of zero for three, burned, and left with. Basically, the best of, of the, the remainder, and I think Dave Gettleman being so burned kind of got impressed with Joe Judge being a Bill Belichick guy and thought, oh, I got the next Bill Belichick, uh, but he really didn't. And granted, year one was better, and then year two, we kind of saw that you know Joe, Joe Judge under pressure didn't really live up to what a head coach is supposed to be, and really, Joe Judge lost the job in the last two weeks with the 11-minute rant, and with the quarterback sneak, and that did him in. Two quarterback sneaks. Two quarterback sneaks. Oh, my God. That's the definition of the 2021 Giants, the two quarterback sneaks. With that said, clean slate. Gettleman gone. Joe Judge got basically almost the entire coaching staff 
completely wiped out, needed to be done. You got Joe Shane, who I loved, who was the odds-on favorite from the beginning, who everybody wanted, and I think that's great because you should get the guy that you want the most and who should be the, the, the heavy favorite. That's good. Um, Joe Shane learned from not only Brandon, you know, uh, Brandon Bean in um, Buffalo, but once upon a time ago was one of Bill Parcells' guys. Right. Love Bill Parcells, the way he ran everything about football operations, which was great. Um, you know, Joe Shane learned how to build a winner in Buffalo, was building Buffalo's team up until it was time for him to run his own team here in, in New Jersey. Um, and, I mean, he was picking assistants that were top guys in winning um, situations. He picked his assistant, Brandon Brown from Philadelphia, who helped build a tremendous offensive line in Philadelphia and who's going to help Joe Shane build an offensive line with the Giants. Took Mike Kafka from Andy Reid, who people don't realize Andy Reid has a better uh, coaching uh, bracket and people who've succeeded than Bill Belichick has. So getting somebody from Andy Reid like Mike Kafka to run the offense, fantastic. Um, Getting Don Martindale from Baltimore, who aside from this year, who had a 19th-ranked defense, and that's because of injuries, but if you look at 2018, 19, and 20, he had no less than a third-ranked defense. That's tremendous. You're getting, we're getting back to a, an aggressive, blitzing-heavy defense. Mm-hmm. That, and I think that's the thing. That, and I think part of that is going to be getting pass rushers, getting guys that can get after the quarterback. That's something really the Giants have not had. I mean, we've gone back years, and like at least a good five years. I mean, we've had one year in the last couple of years where we had a, a pass rusher with um, – 10-plus sacks. Other than that, I mean, that's something the Giants really, if they had that, they could have had a little more success the last couple of years. But the Giants have not been able to get after the quarterback, and that's been a big, big detriment. Getting Don Martindale into this coaching style, this coaching staff, mm-hmm. implementing his defensive schemes, which are going to definitely need pass rushers, we're going to be back to being part of that smash-mouth Giants football. We all love and, and saw that won championships and got to the playoffs. And I think that's going to be a key thing. Um, getting after the quarterback, we, the Giants wrote the blueprint on how to beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. Get after the quarterback, make him feel uncomfortable. And that's, I think, something that um, getting him and getting this whole entire coaching staff together, I think, is part of uh, putting the Giants back in the right direction. We're here. It's March. It's scouting time. It's draft time. And my last question for you is, however you want to organize this, groups of players, positions, or the players themselves, who do you think the Giants should go after or what positions in this NFL draft? Um, I, I've prioritized whether it's you want to go offensive line, defensive line. And the Giants have two first-round picks at five and seven. Now, if they want to trade down and get more picks, I am totally for that. Um, and the one thing that potentially look for, let's say a team like the Broncos or the Commanders or whoever it is falls in love with a quarterback in this draft. I am not opposed to a team calling up the Giants and wanting to offer, let's say they want to swap first-rounders and maybe give the Giants another first-rounder for next year because they want to move up and get a quarterback. I'm all for that. That's great. Well, the Giants can move down to 7 or 10 or whatever it is. Stockpile picks, maybe get, um, for instance, maybe move down and get like Tyler Linderbaum, who could be a center or a guard in this league, Uh, getting Charles Cross alignment. Um, I know the uh, the goal right now for a lot of fans is at five, maybe getting uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, who 
could potentially be there and be the, the top pass rusher in this draft. Um, you know, some people have talked about getting Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. I don't know if he'll be there. Um, I've taken Evan Neal so many times, the <laughs> offensive lineman from Alabama. Yeah. However, I think he's going to be number one overall in the draft, wow. and I think Aiden Hutchinson is going to be number two by the Detroit Lions. So they might not even be there when the Giants are picking at five. So for me, I mean, the way that yeah. I've done my mock draft and the way that I think the Giants should look at it, offensive line and defensive line, especially pass rush, those should be one and one A. Um, a linebacker, corner, um, tight end, maybe another wide receiver, depending on what you do um, with Sterling Shepard and if if Kadarius Tony is healthy. Plus, uh, whether or not Kenny Galladay is healthy too, that's another key situation. Um, those are probably the areas uh, that the Giants need to address the most. I think you know backup backup quarterback or what to figure out who's going to be Daniel Jones is uh, whether he's going to be having a backup or somebody to push him. I think eventually you figure it out, but I mean, the most utmost priorities, O-line, pass rush, slash linebacker, corner, wide receiver, and tight end. I think those are the areas that the Giants have to address the most going into the draft and free agency. Writer for the Giants Wire and Pro Sports Extra. Everyone listening, watching, go follow Doug on Twitter at the Doug Rush. Thank you so much, man, for coming on today. Really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Anytime. Glad to talk to you. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.